Welcome to the Two Mutts Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. Welcome back to the Two Months Podcast presented by Shadified Salon and Barbershop. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. I'm riding solo today, but we got two great guests, uh, Darren Dreger and Matt Benning, uh, joined the podcast this evening. So we have uh, some two great guests coming up here. Um, we won't uh, ramble on any longer. Uh, we want to thank everyone for joining in and, and liking, subscribing, and being a part of the journey that we have here at the Two Months Podcast. So without further ado, we're going to go with our interview with Darren Dreger. And then after that, we'll have an interview with Matt Benning. It's a really good one. Take care. Our next guest is back for his sixth visit to the Two Months Podcast. He's from the Ray and Drake's Hockey Podcast in TSN. We would like to welcome in TSN Hockey Insider, Darren Dreger. Dregs, how's it going? Yeah, you know what? It's going okay. It's going okay. We're, I'm not complaining again. I, when I talk about the weather, uh, I fondly remember my days in Western Canada and uh, can't wait to get back there. And, you know, you ride the highs and the lows. And yeah. the lows get really low when you're talking about Dash 45-ish. Um, well here in, in the greater Toronto area, man, it gets to minus 10 and people are, are borderline panicking. If it gets to minus 20, yeah, there's, there's some panic and it's understandable. We've got a, a homeless society in Toronto that, that can't be overlooked, but I'm looking outside my office window right now. And, uh, so traditionally we get a dump of snow in late January and then February can be a bit of a mess, which it has been. And, and then you hope that you're turning the corner by early to mid-March. So now that I look out the window and I see about three feet of snow, which is a bit unusual here, Yeah, uh, I'm looking for mid-March. I want out of this. Yeah, you love that golf too. I get, get, get into that golf <laughs> spirit, right? So, well, anyway. golf doesn't love me, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. same here, same here for sure. Um, I guess we'll start with the big news, uh, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, big trade on the weekend, I guess, to shore up some uh, some some question marks on the back end. Uh, uh, thoughts on the trade for uh, Ilya Labushkin uh, yeah. and uh, Zingle for Nick Ritchie and it's some draft picks involved. Yeah, well, number one, it's, uh, it's, it's a significant deal, if for no other reason, Toronto Maple Leafs move a piece in Nick Ritchie in a contract that they just didn't have a use for. I Look, no harm, no foul here. They signed Nick Ritchie in good faith. They gave him nothing but opportunity to play in their top six, and he just couldn't do it. And even when he was given less of a role, less of responsibility, you know, he just didn't seem to be a fit with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, and given where the Leafs are cap-related, you know, you just can't keep a player like that and have that money on your cap in that contract. So, Kyle Dubas, I thought, did uh, pretty good work in, in managing this deal. In Labushkin, you know, I feel like it's still a little bit untapped, even though he's, what, 27 years old? Yeah. Um, you know, we can basically see what he is, and he's a big, strong, physical, shot-blocking, shutdown defenseman. And if, if he slides into Toronto's third pair for the second half of this season and creates, if nothing else, more competition uh, with the likes of Lilligren, Less so Sandine, but let's put him into that category. Uh, and then you've got guys like Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall looking over their shoulder. That's not a bad thing. Uh, but I also, when I, when I look at it, and I'm talking specifically here about defense, this is a deal that doesn't preclude the Maple Leafs from doing something 
more significant, right? So there's no guarantee that Kyle Dubas is, is going to, you know, throw everything needed to acquire Ben Sherratt or another piece like that. But I know that he's, he's still very much interested. And then Ryan Dezingle, I don't know if you follow Bobby Ryan on Twitter or not. Yeah, I you do. Know, yeah. yeah. Former teammates. And uh, I look, I like Bobby's honesty and he was very honest last night in responding to, you know, Dezingle being placed on waivers and going, I just don't get it. You know, this, this guy can play on most teams, top six, Toronto's a little different, right? They're heavily weighted up there, but you throw him on the wing with a good center. And according to Bobby Ryan, you know, he's going to get you 15 to 20, um, but he just doesn't seem to be able to dig in and, and find a home, a longer term landing spot. But I, I like it because with some opportunity, the, the guy can still flat out fly out there. He's got good speed. So I wouldn't be surprised if Toronto finds a way to sneak him into the lineup at some point. Yeah. And obviously I'll have to clear waivers today. Do you think anyone yeah. takes a flyer on him um, in that aspect that you, you just broke down of what he can do and what he can bring to the table? I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone does, uh, you know, you can never have too much speed in your lineup. I mean, what's the risk in this, right? You know, there just, there isn't, if you're a non-cap team uh, and you don't like the way the, the trade market looks for depth forwards, like, you know what, man, I look at the New York Rangers here and Chris Drury has been looking for a middle forward <clears throat> for a long, long time. Certainly since Sammy Blay went down with the knee injury, Correct. you know, Again, you're, you're, you're talking about a little bit of cap space here, but maybe the New York Rangers are, are a team that just takes a flyer on this guy and, and says, you know what? We don't have to spend any asset to get him. Okay, we got to make a little bit of room cap-wise, but he can skate. So put him out there on a line with Chris Kreider and uh, see what happens. I mean, that might be a fit. It may not. So in answer to your question, uh, I wouldn't be surprised either way if he gets picked or if he uh, if he goes on claim. Yeah. Would you say, to finish up on the lease here, uh, you know, I don't think they get much production. Um, I think their last place production on the, from the back end uh, for the, yeah. my defenseman. What do you think happens here? Uh, like, I think Kyle Dubas has done a tremendous job so far to date. Yeah. Uh, the bunting signing, uh, you know, cap signing, cash signing. Like, these are some really good signings. Losing Hyman was was a loss, but he's kind of helped fill that void. And and yeah. obviously, Mikheyev's come in after his injury and has done well. But what do you think the Leafs do? Do you think there's an offensive defenseman out there that they could add before the deadline? Well, they're looking. You know, I mentioned Benny Sherratt, and, and Sherratt can play just about any way you need him to play, right? You yeah. get up against the physical teams, he can play that heavy game. Um I'm wondering what's going on with Josh Manson in Anaheim. Uh, I'm looking at Colin Miller. He's hurt with the Buffalo Sabres, but he'll come back in early March and he'd be a real nice ad. Um, you know, Petrie's out there. Uh, who else am I missing? Yeah, there, there's a number of defensemen, offensive guys um, that are available. Maybe the price goes down between now and as you get closer to March. But if there was a deal to be made, Dubas or any other team that's in the market for a defenseman of, of that magnitude would have already made the deal. I, like, I don't know how many times we need to hear Kent Hughes yeah. or the Montreal Canadiens say, look, we're open for business here. Yeah. You know, we'll move Petrie, we'll move Sherratt, we'll, we'll move these guys. You just, you got to pay the price. So the price is too much, according to the buyers. So we'll see if, if that changes. If it does, then yeah, I, I think Toronto sees the same need on that back end that you see. Um, but if the price does not come down, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Toronto shift over and try and get a top nine forward, top nine winger. Yeah. And, and maybe they see that to some degree if, 
if Dezingle slips through waivers, you know, there's you know no chance uh, or, or not much of a risk in giving him a chance. Um, if not, I think they test that market, you know, for a winger, a guy who can bump into the top six uh, with a, a change of scenery, perhaps. Or, and Leaf fans won't like this, maybe they do nothing else. Maybe they do nothing else. Yeah. You know, they, they've spent a lot of asset in draft picks and some prospects over the last couple of seasons chasing it. We remember the Nick Felino deal. Yep. That, that didn't work out for the Maple Leafs. So there's lessons to be learned in doing that. And my understanding is it's a pretty good group. The chemistry around that organization is pretty solid. So you don't want to overthink it either. But again, shoring up that defense and maybe adding a little bit more offensive weapon back there, it's it's a priority. It's whether or not they have the stomach to pay the price. Yeah, for sure. Um, another team that kind of got the jump start on some trades here was the Calgary Flames getting Tyler Toffoli. Uh, you yeah. know, thoughts on the, that trade, um, you know, coming in, I think it's uh, he had that goal the first game and he looked, he looked maybe not as comfortable right now, but... Uh, looks like they switched up the lines and they'll go with a different lineup tonight uh, or this afternoon mm-hmm. when they play. Um, but do you, you know, Brad Trillium, you know him pretty well. Um, yeah. He's a GM that is always involved in a lot of things, but seems to make these moves before the deadline. How much more moves do you think he's going to make uh, before the trade deadline? Or after? Yeah, I, I think he's going to add a defenseman as well. Um, and, you know, I know you follow and, and watch insider trading on SportsCenter and TSN. And we openly talked about how the deal with the Montreal Canadiens had the potential to be a much bigger deal. Correct. And Calgary, like a handful of other teams, St. Louis, Toronto, go down the list, Boston, they, they like Ben Chirot. It's just to acquire Ben Chirot and Tyler Toffoli. You're talking about a deal that really robs you of both draft pick and or top prospect. And you know, they, they give up Emil Heinemann uh, and a first and a fifth to acquire Tyler Toffoli. Uh, so now you throw in either another first or a top prospect and something else to include Sherratt in the deal. And it gets real expensive in a hurry. But I do think that that Trilloving is going to try and, and maybe add a little bit more on that back end as well. But not a whole lot different than what we just said about the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Calgary Flames have something going right now. And, you know, it starts with their goaltending. Jacob Markstrom has been lights out good all season long. Uh, their top line with Goudreau and Kachuk and Lindholm, for the most part, have been dynamic. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're starting to get a little bit more offense from other uh, corners, but they're going to need more of that, which is why they brought in Tyler Toffoli. And, you know, with all due respect to Tyler Toffoli, because he became the focus of the trade from Calgary's standpoint, I'm pretty sure Trey Living also tried to get Josh Anderson. You know, he tried to acquire him when Anderson was in Columbus and, you know, didn't want to, again, meet the asking price. And, and Montreal found a way to get it uh, done with Domi going the other way. But Trey Living has always kept an eye on Josh Anderson because there aren't that many true power forwards in yeah. today's NHL game. And, and Josh Anderson is that. So Calgary, I think, has the stomach to add a little bit more, but being mindful of what they've already done and the fact that they've got some pretty good mojo around that club. Yeah, no, it's a, it's been a winners of nine straight. Uh, they're rolling right now. Uh, and it's, it's been a good, good thing for them. Uh, the guys, and I, and we agreed last year when you were on the pod that they were probably the biggest disappointment last year. Yeah. Um, and you know, a big comeback season this year. So it's good to see there. Um, you know, the St. Louis blues were in town on, on Saturday night in Toronto. Uh, you know, Billy Huso got the start four start, four straight starts for him. Jordan Bennington, I believe he's on the first year of a six year contract. Uh, mm-hmm. he's struggling right now. Where do you think 
things go with him here, Dregs? Uh, do you think it's just kind of hit the reset button? Like he, you know, it's, it's not like he's lost his mojo to no. we're going to get back to that part. But what do you think yeah. happens there in St. Louis? Because they're going to need him going forward for sure. You're 100%, but they also know that that he can be a difference maker, right? I mean, without Jordan Bennington, the St. Louis Blues are, are not recent Stanley Cup champions. You know, that's just the reality of it. He took over and seized an opportunity. And they basically rode his coattails the rest of the way in that second half of the year and then came together as a group around him. You know, it wasn't all about Jordan Bennington. But because that's not that long ago, I feel like, you know, there's still a lot of believe and there's a lot of confidence in the game that Bennington can play. He's just not playing it yet. Uh, so I don't think they have much choice. You know, it's, it's not like you've got goaltenders of, of that magnitude or ilk that are just readily available. And the St. Louis Blues, you know, I, I, I mentioned a couple of minutes ago that they're interested in Ben Schrott. Well, that's an area of need for them too, right? I, I think they, they love to acquire um, uh, Jacob Chickern from the Arizona Coyotes. They just don't like what the asking price is that's been established by Billy Armstrong and the Coyotes. So when, you, when, when you've got a wish list like that, that includes high quality defense, then how are you going to improve or even stabilize your goaltending from outside? So the answer has to come from the inside. And I, I think that they still believe strongly that Bennington is more than capable to, to, to right the ship. And I'm sure he's confident of that as well. You know, goalies are no different than any other player. You know, when a goalie goes through uh, a 10 game skid if you want to call it that uh slump whatever i mean it's it's amplified right it's the yeah. goaltender and and when a goalie makes a mistake nine times out of ten it, it ends up beyond the goal line and in their net uh so that's why it becomes such a, a more glaring issue whereas if a forward goes 10 games without scoring yeah we acknowledge that he's in a slump but you know we're not writing you know miles of copy on it you know you just wait and expect him to play out of it and i i feel like that's the same level of expectation with Bennington. yeah no same here and he's a good goaltender and i think he'll find his way back and he's got yeah. that swagger about him too that uh, kind of gives you that that belief mm -hmm. there uh we'll, sw we'll switch over to the edmonton oilers uh you know woodcroft comes in uh get that coach bump uh win their first four games i believe with him or and uh you know, a tough loss last night against yeah. Minnesota, but they're going to go on a road trip here, Dregs. It's going to be a pretty tough one to start. They got the California, the the Florida teams to start, and then they got the Carolina Hurricanes um, right after that. So, is this kind of a big measure measure stick for the Oilers here with what's going on going forward, and and kind of what they might need to do at the deadline to yeah. you know right the ship to make sure they make the playoffs? Yeah, you know, it feels like every five game segment is a measuring stick for the Edmonton Oilers just because of the hole that they dug themselves into. You know, look, last night, Mike Smith didn't have a, a good start, you know, so, you know, that's that's going to be big uh, for the market moving forward, right? They're, they're counting on uh, Koskinen and Mike Smith just kind of rounding into form, just giving them average goaltending. You need above average goaltending to go deep into the playoffs. But right now, the Oilers would just settle on average, stay healthy and just, you know, give them a chance. Um, and for the most part, you know, since Smith has been back, that has been the case. You know, he's certainly given them a chance. And he's played some good games. Um, yeah, when their goaltending, you know, gets porous, then that just seems to take away from the entire team level of confidence. Um, but more importantly, I, I look at the defense of the Oilers, and, man, we've spent a lot of time talking about defense here on the podcast, but yeah. it's, it's just because it's such a substantial need. You know, Ken Holland 
a month or so ago, whenever it was, came out and said, look, I, I, at some point you got to stop trading first round draft picks and top prospects and, and plug in holes. You just have to stop. And so he, he doesn't have the appetite to do it. Uh, I feel like as big a need as they have in goal, I feel like, you know, Smith and Koskinen will stabilize. They, they've shown some evidence of that. So maybe the goaltending need is something you address in the offseason. Well, you're going to have to. I mean, come on. You can't have a 40-year-old goaltender and Miko Koskinen, again, who's a backup goaltender, and, you know, the market just picking at the carcass of these two guys every single game. Um, but Kenny needs help on that right side on defense, right? You've got Evan Bouchard, who isn't quite ready yet, uh, started strong this season and, and you know, has, has had his problems, which isn't unusual for a young developing defenseman. And then you've got Tyson Berry on that right side. And it's problematic for the Edmonton Oilers when those two guys are both in the lineup. So uh, as big of a need as, they, as, as the world might look at, the hockey world looks at and says, well, they got to do something in goal. I, I think it's just as significant a need on the right side on defense. So I, I do think that the Oilers are going to try and be active and may not have a choice other than to give up a prospect, a young NHL player, or a top draft pick. Yeah, do you think it's, uh, you know, would you be prefer to get Flurry or is it Varlamov? Like, obviously, Varlamov has one year left on his deal um, to shore up that that side of the goaltending front for them. That's tough, man. That's tough. I I don't think Marc-Andre Fleury is going to Edmonton, number one. You know, he yeah. has trade protection. I'm not convinced he's going to be traded. And, and only because, you know, when you get to a certain place in your career, um, as much as it is about chasing the Stanley Cup, you know, it's also about giving your family some, some endurance and st stability here. Marc-Andre Fleury's family has been in upheaval for a significant amount of time. Yes, of course, he's going to have to have conversations with his agent, Alan Walsh, uh, Walsh and then they'll, they'll have conversations with Kyle Davidson or whomever is, is the general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks at that point. Uh, Varlamov, I'm not sold on. If it, you know, look, what do I know when it comes to acquiring players? But I, I would be a little bit more careful. Um, I would look hard at Anton Forsberg in Ottawa. And, and I don't know that Anton Forsberg is a significant upgrade, but unless there is a piece that you truly believe in that you feel like you, you've got no choice but to make a move on, well, then maybe you just try and continue to fill the cracks, you know, and, and get into the offseason and then, you know, make a, a more significant play at that point. Anton Forsberg has given the Ottawa Senators quality starts for the most part. He went through a stretch where he was allowing at least one ugly goal per game, uh, but he seems to have cleaned that up. And they had Phil Gustafson. We did that game yesterday. Tough game against the New yep. York Rangers. Yep. He he was terrific. He was terrific. I mean, you know, he got Panarin. Um, you know, Artemi Panarin had a power play goal, a rocket under the bar, and uh, Dylan Strom scored on a nifty play by Artemi Panarin. But, you know, you get Matt Murray back healthy this week, and they've got Gustafson. Who knows what they're going to do? Anton Forsberg would be a, a goalie that I'd take a look at. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good one for sure. So keep an eye on that for sure. Um, on our podcast today, we have Matt Benning. His interview will follow yours. Um, so 
and we just want to touch on the Predators. You know, some Predator fans will uh, probably tune in to listen. And uh, is there anything going on there? Is anything to watch for the Predators as they uh, gear up for the second half of the season? It's obviously a, a little tough yeah. stretch there. They lost four, their last four of their last games there. But uh, going into a tough one against Florida tomorrow night. But thoughts on, uh, you know, the Pred season to date? Yeah, I mean, it's been really, really good. You know, aside from, from recent history here where they're going through that tough patch, as you described, um, they're overachieving for me, but you know, they've got some unbelievable pieces there. UC Saros has, has been terrific this year for the Nashville Predators. Uh, Roman Yossi, I, I, I can't figure out when we talk about Norris Trophy winners, why we don't give him more credit. I, you know, and I understand, I mean, Kale McCarr is far more flashy. Adam Fox is, is continuing to do well. Victor Hedman is just a flat out beast. But in that, in that realm, of course, of elite has to be Roman Yossi of the Nashville Predators. Yet he, he somehow, way flies under the radar, which just perplexes me. Um, as to your question, you know, what should we expect from the Nashville Predators? You know, you never underestimate the, 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 the veteran management of David Poyle. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does something more on the side of tinkering. I haven't heard the, the Preds name out there a whole lot in terms of trade negotiations or discussions, but that's not to say he's not working at it, obviously is. I, I just also wonder if they're realistic in Nashville and they realize that this has been a real good year for them, but maybe not the year, you know, they've got some contracts they're going to have to address, you know, Forsberg comes to mind and, and others. So is this the year where Poyle says again, because he has been pretty active in the past. You know, when he felt like his team was a Stanley Cup contender because they were, you know, he wasn't afraid to make some bold moves. So I don't know which way he's thinking. Is he thinking more on the side of, hey, I don't want to spoil what we have, but I also don't see us being a top contender. I don't know that. What I know is that when David Poyle and the Nashville Predators went to the Stanley Cup final, man, you couldn't slap the smile off his face. And, you know, he's an older general manager, right? And he realizes that maybe he doesn't have too many kicks at this. So that's always in the back of my mind when I think of what David Poyle might do. The hockey side of me is like, ah, I don't know. Maybe they just keep their powder dry and just push with what they've got. Then the flip side is, as I've just described, you've got a hungry general manager who 100% is all in and chasing the Stanley Cup. So a story that we're going to have to continue to watch. For yeah, sure. for sure. Um, and we'll, one one player on their team, Tanner Janot, he's having a hell of a season, Dregs. This guy is, uh, is a beast. I think he leads the league in fights. Uh, 15 goals, 14 assists, uh, 29 points, you know, going into game 51 for him. Uh, thoughts on the season he's had so far this year? Well, I mean, you, you've just embodied why he's uh, had a breakthrough year and why he's so important to the team, right? You know, it's not just about having that deterrent on your roster. Uh, this guy can just flat out play the game. And so he has so many weapons now in his arsenal. You know, the one thing that that I think of when I think of players like that, and there aren't that many, like there are lots of gamers. There are lots of high character players around the national hockey league, but when you've got an arsenal of a little bit of everything and you can clearly generate the offense and, and he's most definitely been able to, to do that is he does 
that takes a toll. There's some serious wear and tear on the body. So knock on wood, um, as long as, you know, he can stay healthy, then he's the type of player that so many teams wish they had. Yeah. Right. And I, I'm not conjuring up sort of some sort of trade scenario here. I'm just saying that's true. You know, we talked about Brad, Brad Trilliving in the Calgary flames earlier. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a team that plays with some bite. So when you can add a little bit more bite or you've got it, you know, internally, you hold on dearly for it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's a fun player to watch for sure. It's it's good to yeah. see that, that that type of player is still uh, it's still th thriving in the NHL. I know. It's uh, it's great. You know, you and I like that type of hockey for sure. So, um, you know, a few more here. We'll go to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah. Jim Rutherford uh, talked about that he feels that the their forward group is a bit slow. Um, you know, Miller's name's out there. Besser's name's out there in trade talks, I guess, at yeah. times. And it, and it seems like maybe Miller's getting a little bit frustrated about that. But uh, where do you think where do you think things stand? for the Canucks very important they got to make the playoffs here uh tough night on the on Saturday night against the Ducks there but yeah you know they're they're, they're still very much in the analyzing phase right and yeah. you know that that just makes sense you know you got Jimmy Rutherford who comes in as a president of hockey operations so he takes a bit of time in getting to know number one his ownership uh getting to know the <laughs> the differing layers of of hockey ops uh organizationally <coughs> excuse me what they've got going there. And then he makes some bold hires. He brings in Emily Castangay as an assistant general manager, hires uh, Patrick Galvin as GM, and then hires Hall of Famer Cami Granado as an assistant general manager. So there's a lot of eyes and fresh thinkers that are now involved with the Vancouver Canucks. And you need to allow that group time to, to really come to terms with what they have and what they want and what they ultimately need. Yeah. They need cap space. Um, but I'm in the camp that believes, okay, I I've seen Jimmy Rutherford's act before. I know that he gets stuff done. He just flat out gets stuff done. He's not very much a last minute guy. So wouldn't be a surprise to me if he were to find a way to unload some cap space prior to the trade deadline and then do more of the heavy lifting perhaps in the off season. And they've got some stuff that's coming off their books. So it's, it's not white hot urgent. Yeah. Um, look, every time I talk to Jimmy or management in Vancouver about the JT Miller rumors or the Garland rumors, the Besser uh, rumors, I get the same thing. It's no, we're, we're not shopping these guys, but you also have to be you know mindful to know that if somebody steps forward and makes that offer that just hits all the buttons, of course you're going to make a move, yeah. right? This is common sense. But I understand why JT Miller is pissed off. I mean, we'd get we'd get sick of answering the questions day in and day out after a while too. I remember years ago, it was the Winnipeg Jets 1.0. So this is how old I am. And it was during the, the Steve Eiserman trade rumors. Detroit is in Winnipeg. And they come into Winnipeg and I go to uh, Eiserman's stall. I'm the only guy there. Um, and I asked him about the trade rumors and man, he gave me those piercing, you know, laser beam eyes. And he's like, what are you asking me for? You know? And, and he wasn't quite as polite. He goes, yeah. Scotty's just down the hall. Go ask him. Yeah. And he turned and he was, he, and you know what? And, and so I did, I took his advice and I went and asked Scotty. <laughs> and Roman gave me a great answer by yeah. the way, but I I've never forgotten, um, you know what that not not that I was intimidated at all in the experience, but I thought to myself, 
okay, this guy's traveled to Winnipeg. He's getting this every single night. Yeah. You know, every scrum he does, there's two or three questions about, you know, his, his life is his uh, availability and all the trade rumors. So I get it when players kind of get a little snippy with it because they do get weary of it and their families do too. Right. And yeah. we forget how hard it is on the families. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll finish up on this one. Obviously, a great uh, gold medal game. Canada, USA, the women's, uh, you know, loved uh, it. Yeah, they win again. Uh, You know, great ratings for that game, too. Um, You know, thoughts on the women's game dregs, how it's growing. It it seems to be growing and growing more and more. And obviously, a little bit more support is always need is it always could help out, too. But thoughts on the women's game right now. Yeah. You know what? It's, It's on the rest of us to continue to support the women's game beyond Olympic years. Right. You know, we celebrate when the Canadian women at varying levels win international events. Oh, you know, we're cheering, we're pounding the desk, we're, we're very patriotic. But when they're not playing in international events, we kind of forget the women's game to some degree. And that's on us, right? Yeah. Yep. That's, that's on hockey society uh, at, at varying levels. And I'm not excusing media from that at all. Uh, the sponsor dollars, like everything about it, right? So... You know, that's the disheartening thing, but I do think that strides have been made in that field. So uh, I'm hoping and I'm expecting better. There's no doubt about that. You know, I, I, I spent the night on a panel with Cheryl Pounder, uh, who also did the, uh, the Ottawa-New York Ranger game with me. And we had a conversation about, she, she tackled the, the women's team and she compared, she thinks that this team, uh, 2022, is the best Canadian women's team ever. Uh, And look, I'm not going to argue with Cheryl, but she was on that 2006 team in Italy. I was there when the men's team just went kaboom. I mean, they they were just awful in Italy. Uh, And the women's team, you know, carried the load. Uh, And that was a loaded team, man, with talent. And Cheryl just says, no, you know what? I get it. I understand it. Trust me, this is a tough one for me. But this team, the way that they came together the way that they controlled certain games, including the gold medal, man, um, hard to, to, to think about topping the 2022 Canadian women's team. So congratulations to all of them. What a fun watch, you know, from Sarah Fillier to uh, Marie-Philippe Poulin, of course. You know, Sarah Nurse, the goaltending. I mean, I, I and, and I'm just going to let you go with this because, <clears throat> you know, as much as we celebrate when the Canadian women win, when the men's team does as poorly as it did, then we want a hockey summit in this country. Well, you know what? I mean, NHL players couldn't play for any other country. So we have to be respectful of, of what Russia did and what the Finns did, of course, in claiming gold. But the fact that the Swedes, you know, under the supervision of Johan Garpenloff, who handpicked this team to play a style that, that he believed would beat the likes of Canada and the United States, and they executed to perfection, well, that should be celebrated, yeah. you know? And every young man man that played for Canada uh, in China gave their heart and soul. Yeah. It, you know, for some of them, for many of them, it was maybe the highlight of their careers. So I'm not going to disrespect any of them and, and, you know, amplify the level of disappointment. A lot of variables went into Canada, the United States, not going deep into the medal round, but... I'm not taking credit away from the European countries that did a wonderful job either. Yeah, no, very well said. We had Joe Burr Brulee on uh, 
earlier this year and he obviously played for team canada yeah. at the olympics lasco uh in mm -hmm. 2018 and, and they won but he just said that was a highlight of his career how much that meant That's to awesome. him and, and the relationships that he created and you know and, and you did it, some of the teams don't win and they'd still make those relationships right so yeah. it's uh, it's that's what it's all about so uh, Dregs, we appreciate you again joining us for a record sixth time on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it means a lot. So uh, always great to us and uh, out here out west. So uh, re really appreciate that and have a great family day and uh, continued success uh, as the second half of the season gets going here. We'll be looking forward to on Insider Trading and you guys can get Dregs uh, podcast on all podcast platforms. Uh, you guys just had a great one with uh, Darcy Tucker. So uh, yeah. yeah, so a lot. I appreciate your interest as always. I am proud to be the two months podcast record, record holder. And I always look forward to those Joshua Marshall emails. So keep no them coming. No worries. Perfect. Thanks, Dregs. Have a good one and take care. Uh, take care. When you hire a contractor, you want things to go smooth. Smooth as a driveway poured by Pete's Concrete. You want a solid guarantee. Solid as a basement floor by Pete's Concrete. You want Pete. Pete's Concrete. For sidewalks, patios, your leaky basement, Pete lays his reputation down with every job, and he offers you finishes and colors you won't find anywhere else. You want someone who proudly puts their name on the work they do. Pete puts his name in concrete. Pete's Concrete. If it's done right the first time, you don't have to redo it. If you get Pete's Concrete to pour your driveway, you don't need a repeat. When your patio is a PDO, you don't need a repeat. When Pete's Concrete fixes your sidewalk, all it takes is once. You don't need a repeat. And if your basement leaks, a Pete's Repair helps avoid a repeat. Get it done right the first time, with the colors and textures you want, so you don't have to redo it. For concrete, you can choose Pete's or repeats. Pete's Concrete. Our next guest is back for a second visit on the Two Months Podcast. He's played 345 games in the NHL with the Edmonton Oilers and the Nashville Predators. We'd like to welcome back Matt Benning to the Two Months Podcast. Matt, how's it going? It's going good. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Can't complain. Things are things are looking up. Uh, just took on a new role at work, so can't complain with that. And, you know, just uh, spreading the joy, spreading that love and, you know, everything. Love it. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Yeah, it's what uh, life's supposed to be. So, uh, congratulations to you. You guys got another one on the way. So, another boy. So, huge congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so yeah I'm really excited. So, yeah, that's awesome. going to be a lot of, lot of guys. And I feel bad for my wife. Uh, our, yeah. our dog is, uh, my dog is, is, is a guy. And obviously, we have Miles and me. And yeah. it's just a lot of, a lot of guys uh, all in one house. So, yeah. She's like, maybe I'll have to get a female cat or a female dog or something like that to, to have some more females in the house. <laughs> sure, yeah, spread that out. So equal, equal little numbers, I guess, at some point here along the way. But uh, I guess we'll start and uh, see how things are going. You know, we had you on earlier, talked about your career, your road to the NHL, and then uh, kind of leave it off where, you know, we talked about your first year with Nashville, but going into your second year with Nashville and, uh, you know, a little bit more fans, kind of somewhat normal environment in, in somewhat of a way but uh you know you guys have it a pretty good season to date uh you know things are things are rolling and I, in my opinion i think you guys play in the hardest division in the nhl i think uh some there's tough to have any uh off nights you, you got to be on your game every night but so far what's your thoughts on the season you guys had so far 
Yeah, you know what? I mean, had a little bit of change in the off season, but for the most part, a lot of a lot of the same um, same players. And um, you know what? We we finished the season really strong um, last year. Played Carolina. I mean, four four out of the four out of the out of the games went into overtime. Actually, it might have been five. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. But a lot of a lot of them went into overtime and. Um, they, I mean, they're a good, they're a good team. As you can see this year, they're, they're rolling. And, um, so, I mean, we knew that we, we had that in the locker room and, and we can do it. And, um, we play, we play a very specific style of game. I think it's, um, it's, it's hard. It's, it's physical. It's, um, a lot of times it's, it's hard for us to do, um, night in night out, especially when you're playing every second night. So, um, but yeah, we've kind of created that culture there and, and uh, you know a lot of the leadership groups done a really good job with uh, with the younger guys. We got a lot of we got a lot of younger guys. Um, I mean, I'm only 27, and I feel like an older guy on the team. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of players this year have, have taken off um, offensively, um, having career years, or or on the path to having career years. So, um, you know, we're just kind of riding the mojo, and and like you said, the our division's uh, so, so tight. Like I remember there, we, we kind of do 10, 10 game segments where every 10 games you kind of review like specific stats. And, and I think two segments in a row, we were eight and two and didn't move up or down in, in our division. So, you know, it's, it's so tight, but um, that's, I think that's what makes it exciting. You're, yeah. you're, um, playing every night and and then um if you're playing uh a divisional team it's it's basically a four point swing it's if you win that's two points that you got and two points they couldn't have so you know it's been a good season it's been long um the all-star break was was a good time for us and um just to kind of let our bodies heal uh for a few days so yeah I hit that it's, been, it's, it's been going well yeah, hit that reset button a bit and you get ready for the second half uh yeah, and you talked about it like there, and, and I'm like saying like I think it's the toughest division you guys have, and but also we'll, we'll kind of go back to the you know little the rivalry that you guys are creating with the Carolina Hurricanes. Obviously, you guys got to play them a lot, you know, in the 56 game season, and then obviously in the playoffs there. But uh, you know, and even like the game I was watching, you you and uh, Mishash were going at it pretty good there to start the game. But uh, you know, and I think you're second on t- your team for on the defense side uh, for hits. So you know, and you've always been a pretty underrated. Uh, player for your hits, open ice hits and, and whatnot. But, you know, is that something you've taken on a little bit more pride in your game? Is just kind of that, the, the, those hits when the right time to make them, obviously in this game, you know, there's the potential for the suspension stuff, but you've been pretty clean and, and done it the right way. But, you know, how much has that, that, that adding to your toolbox uh, has helped you out through your career here? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think when I was in Edmonton, I, I kind of threw a little bit more uh, open ice hits. Um, but I think that kind of um, was a lot on the structure, how we played in Edmonton, where, I mean, our structure is a little bit different here. I don't really get those same opportunities, not saying that I'm not going to do it, but um, a lot of it's on your gaps and on your angles. And uh, I mean, me and Boro um, try, try to play um, tough in your face game as a third pair. Um, so, I mean, like you said, the, the rivalry with Carolina has been, has been strong the last two years because I think they, they play a very similar game. They're, um, 
they're a four checking team. I think they're 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 top five in the league and in four checking and and we're third, I believe. So it's a lot of you know getting pucks in, um, finishing those checks, um, turning those pucks over, and um, so I, I think that that rivalry is just you know like we we play very similar. Um, we know what they're going to be doing. They know what we're going to be doing. And at that point, it's just who kind of wants it more, who's going to win that one-on-one battle. It's a lot of one-on-ones on the ice. So, um, but yeah, in terms of my game, like I just try to keep it simple, uh, play hard and very competitive, whether it's, I mean, whether that means hitting or not, I, most of the time, I don't try to go out of my way to, to make a hit, but if it's there, I'll make it. Yeah, no. And then you do a good job at that too. And I like that the rivalry, you know, like in, in the, grand scheme of things obviously coming from a canadian market to the american market and you know any guy that anyone that knows the game really well knows that nashville is is a really hotbed you know the fans there it's a great atmosphere especially in the playoffs um you know just getting them more on the map than what they are just in those rivalries i think is always good for the game i think we need more of that in in my opinion i think it's good to watch like that was one of the games i was glued to the other night and you know it's going to be the same thing uh tuesday when you guys play florida you know they're rolling too and another good test for you guys to, to get on, to get onto that. But, uh, leading in, you know, we pretty cool here. We got the outdoor game. Um, you know, how, how excited are you for that? We'll transition there. And, uh, have you guys been, have you been to go see the stadium so far, you know, being back in Nashville after the game against Carolina? Yeah. You know what? We haven't, we haven't been to the stadium. We took some pictures just on the outside, uh, maybe a week ago, um, with all the staff and everybody at Bridgestone and, um they're busy over there we saw some pictures like a time lapse of it it looks like it's going to be really cool um the forecast is uh that was something that a lot of people worried about we get a lot of rain um here in nashville around this type of uh, the year and you know what it says it's supposed to be i think two two degrees to like 10 degrees which is definitely doable um and you know what it, it should should be a great day um i know there's we've got like a lot of fans obviously really excited got a lot of family members a lot of our european um parents are coming in for it it's it's going to be quite the event and and it's you know it's a great way to kind of kick off the week weekend with uh pekka's retirement on on thursday so um you know it's going to be exciting a lot of distractions and you know as a player it's it's almost a fine line of of you know just enjoying it but also being there to to get the business done. I mean, it's, it's, it's two points at the end of the day and um, whether it's in the middle of Nissan stadium or Bridgestone arena, it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of the same thing. So uh, I'm definitely going to enjoy it kind of leading up to the game. And then once it's time to put the gear on and go, it's, it's business time. Yeah. It's go time for sure. So um, what's the most exciting part about that experience? Is it just, obviously you touched on a little bit there with family and, and friends and whatnot. Is that, you know, obviously the most important thing is getting the two points, but you know, from away from the rink, it's just that connection with family members and friends. Uh, how special is that? You obviously get to see some of those videos, um, throughout the process leading up to it, but, um, as a player side, how cool would that be? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of my teammates, we got a, we got a team that has a lot of a lot of young kids on our team, like, uh, my son being almost two, like there's a lot of kids that are around that age that are, you know, like know that their dad goes out there and plays hockey and, and they're really excited. So I think there's a lot of us players that are excited to go out and, and there's a family skate, uh, a few days beforehand 
and you know go out there with your wives and your kids and and buzz around and kind of enjoy the atmosphere um the day before so i know we're all looking forward to that um but besides that like i haven't heard a whole lot in terms of you know what like when we're going to be there what we're doing and, and that sort of thing so um in terms of a fan's perspective, I think it'll be great. There'll be a lot of country stars there um, watching the game, uh, whether it's in the in in the press box booths or or performing. Um, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of buzz around the city. They've been talking about it on the radio for a long time now. So, um, obviously, got the new jerseys as well. So, we're excited to try those out. Yeah, it's always sick to bring out the new silks for sure. So um, obviously with COVID, you probably haven't really been able to experience that full Nashville experience with Fids had when we had him on about, you know, some of the country singers. But, um, you know, I I like the music. It's good. You know, Dirk Bentley is a legend. Uh, You know, he's going to be performing. But, you know, kind of how cool it is to kind of have them even at the games, watching you guys, cheering you guys on. But and then I don't know if you've met some along the way since you're in your two years there now. Yeah, you're right. I mean, just with COVID, there's been um, some restrictions, but you know, we've been fortunate enough to meet meet some of the stars and and um, you know whether it's band members of of country stars. Uh, we've got a lot of guys who have created relationships with uh, with country stars and and or their their band members and and that sort of thing. And um, you know, they they come and they love love to watch hockey and cheer us on and when we love to go and and listen to them so it's it's a good relationship um but i mean for me loving country music i definitely wish that uh i could have could have met a lot more more uh country stars but i mean that's just how it is i get to see them in the stands and 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 that's pretty cool yeah that must be pretty cool just skating by do you have to like obviously you're in the zone there but is there a moment you're just like kind of pinching yourself? Like, that's pretty cool that they're, you know, watching me like as a player, that would be pretty sick to just have that experience. Yeah. I mean, the, the first one was definitely, I mean, last year kind of in the playoffs that Taylor Luan uh, for the Titans, he, he went crazy and, and uh, chugged a few beers and got the fans going. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Um, a few, few of the guys know him well and say he's, he's an awesome guy. So you know, it's, it's cool seeing people around, um, in Nashville, it's, it's mainly country stars, but I mean, when you, when you travel to, uh, let's like New York and go to MSG or, or go to, uh, go to LA, you're there's always going to be, you know, stars there, whether they're actors or, um, you know, just, just famous people. So, um, I mean, that aspect of it is cool, but a lot of times during the game, I'm, I'm not really paying attention unless it's a TV timeout. So yeah, yeah, you guys are usually in the zone pretty quick in that. So once, yeah. you, once you get the skates laced up there, um, one of the big guys we're talking about here, obviously we posted some videos on our Instagram account, Tanner Janot. This guy has had an amazing season. Uh, you know, I, I just love the way he plays, you know, he's that, it, it makes me love the game a bit more. Cause I'm that, I like that physical type, you know, that, you know, hard, you know, tough can score um, in the game sometimes is lacking that, but this guy does it the best, probably the better than anyone. Great rookie season. Uh, what's it like to play with him on a nightly basis? Yeah, I mean, him in that line has been so good for us the past two years that I've been here. And, um, you know, I'm really happy for him and his success this year. He's, he works so hard. And, um, you know, he's, I think as a, as a younger player, me going through the same thing, uh, 
four years ago is, is it's, it's, it's tough to, you know, bring that and continue to do that every single night. And especially him. I mean, he's, I believe he leads the league in fights. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, he does. He does. Yeah. Yeah. So he leads the league in fights. I mean, he's scoring a lot of goals and, um, you know, helping out our team in any way. And, um, he's definitely, um, drawn a lot of attention by others and rightfully so he's, he's, he's a, he's a kid that comes to the rink and, and doesn't complain and, and works hard. And I mean, half the time he's covered in bruises and not his knuckles are cut up just from the way he plays. And I know that the guys in our room respect him a lot for that. And it, it's hard to consistently do that. Um, especially when you're scoring, it's, it's, I think sometimes when, when guys are scoring, they think that they can stop doing the other things too. So, I mean, he's, he's been great for us. We've been using him lots in the penalty kill and I was happy to see him out there last game, get that uh, six on five goal. Yeah. Um, I mean, well-deserved and he's, he, you know, he works so hard. Yeah. And what is it? Yakov Trenin is another beauty on that line too. So another, you know, talk about him. He's, you know, I think he's fought Chara a few times and, yeah, he's he's fought Char a few times, and he, you know, he's. I mean, that whole. That whole I, I find a lot. Me and Boro get out there with him, and yeah. I mean, if you look at the stat sheet, I'm the smallest guy at like six one, like two oh eight, and I'm the lightest guy out there by ten pounds. So, I mean, they're 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 a big big group of guys, and um, you know, they've helped helped our team so much. Um, whether it's matching against the other team's big line, but. You know what they've been scoring lots they, they they can do it all yeah no they definitely can and obviously you're paired up with Boro uh the great story Boro cop when he was with Ottawa there in, in Vancouver that good story but you know talk about him as a deep partner I know throughout the year things move around in times but uh I think you've been paired with him the most uh you know talk about him as a deep partner and you just got a contract extension too so um you guys are pretty pretty excited to see that uh, so thoughts on him and what he brings to your guys' team on a nightly basis yeah, I mean Boros, I think as a as a fan from the outside watching, you you notice his his physicality, uh, whether it's finishing checks or or fighting. Um, but you know what, he he's this year he's he's made really good plays. He's been really solid for us back there. I love playing with the guy. Um, very happy for his for his contract and for him to be back. Um, but I think what a lot of people don't see all the time is and then I think it's just because of, you know there's not video cameras on us all the time and he's not a guy to um go over the top to to show what he's doing but he he cares so much about his teammates and um i mean if you watch him in warm-ups he's you know he's he's going he's interacting with kids in the crowd he's um signing pucks for for small kids and just to see their faces like it's it's unbelievable what he does uh off the ice as well so I mean, he's just an incredible human. Um, and I've, I mean, we've gotten close together the last two years, just being D partners, and our, our sons are the same age, same same name too. So <laughs> that's um, yeah, he's 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 awesome. He's 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 been a great fit for this team. Um, we talk about mentorship, like where I'm in construction, um, you know, the construction side, and we talk about mentorship every day. Um, what is what has Boro done for you on mentoring you? You know, you could always learn at the end of the, at the end of the day. It doesn't matter how old you are, twenty seven or forty seven, you're still in the game. But you know, what has he meant to you at, along your career so far? Yeah, I think a lot of it's just how um, how you how you how you treat people, how the off ice side of the game 
is such an such an important part to how you play on the ice. Um, you know, like he went through a lot last year and um, kudos to him. He, he went and he, he got the help he needed to, and he's, he's had an amazing season this year. And sometimes that's a hard thing to do, especially as a hockey player, especially as a guy that, you know, goes out there and, and beats guys up. People don't think that, you know, you're scared of anything. So, I mean, in, in that side of the thing, it's, it's, it's amazing to see. Um, and I, th I think obviously that side um, and, you know, what in the dressing room, how to treat your teammates, how to check in on guys, um, how to keep that, that team mojo up. And I mean, another thing for sure is, I mean, he's, he plays such a physical game um, and he's, he's a few years older than me. And I mean, there's games that I play physical, not even yeah. close to what he plays and my body's sore. Um, so I think just him kind of showing me and the younger guys how to take care of your body and, and just be a pro is, is something special too. Yeah, no, for sure. It's what you do on the, on the, off the ice translates to how good you can be on, on the ice too. And, you know, the great, obviously the training and it's a tough schedule, you know, 82 games, uh, you know, a lot of travel in there too. And then, you know, this year throwing a wrench into things. Sometimes you're traveling a place, you don't know if you're going to play and whatnot too. So it's extra wear and tear on the body, but, uh, you know, we'll talk about your coaches. Uh, you got quite the coaching staff. Uh, John Hines, uh, an amazing coach in my opinion. He's he's done well this year. Um, you know, you got Richards there, High Note, uh, Lambert. But uh, you know, talk about what the what those coaches mean to you and how much they're helping you grow your game every day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Hines has been um, a coach that um, I think that my style of game clicks with the way he's very structured, very defensive minded. Um, and I think the way I think on the ice, especially in our own zone is, is, I mean, if somebody go gets, goes and gets the puck in the corner, I know where I need to be and I know where everyone else is going to be. And, and I, I just got to trust that structure. So I can almost, I can almost throw pucks to a certain area, knowing and trusting that my teammates are going to be there. Yeah. And I'd say 75% of the time you have that split second to get your head up and make a play, but it's those 20, that other 20, 25% of the times that, you know, there's a guy right on you. You just need to trust that he's there. So I think that's, that's definitely helped our team success. Um, my individual success as well. And um, I think he has a really good, um, I don't want to say leash, but um, understanding on, on how the game is played and you know like sometimes guys will make mistakes but it's it's um it's a fine line of, of getting on top of guys versus if you see you know the same mistake three or four times then then it's probably time to get on on the guy and be like hey we're seeing something here let's try to work through this um so he's definitely a coach that um guys love to play for um and i guess moving moving on from that it's um Lambert he's he's been our power play guy which which I'm not on uh, I'm not much of a power play guy although I used to be in college and Big. first two years in Edmonton which I tell him the odd time I got that hammer on the point I said I said check my power play numbers Lambo yeah. um you know what he and he he mainly deals with the Ford but he we have a great relationship uh him and I and it's more of, of a joking relationship we like to crack jokes and 
and have fun, uh, which is, which is good. And you need, you need that on the coaching staff. Um, and I think just transitioning into, um, Danny Hynote, he's, he's a guy that's obviously played in NHL for a while and it's not far removed. And I think he's a perfect fit for our team because he, uh, he still, he, he understands both sides of it as a coach and as a player. And he's almost a good cop in, um, in the dressing room coming in, making sure guys are doing okay. Um, and he, he understands how a lot of us work. Some of us can take, you know, a good yelling and some of us kind of, you know, curl up into a ball when, when coaches yell at you. So he's a great fit for our team. Um, has brought a lot to our penalty kill as well. Um, and then obviously our D coach, uh, Richie, he's, he's been great for me. He's, um, he's been a guy that's, you know, really trusted me, which I, which I really appreciate. There's, there's, it's, it's a good feeling when, you know, you go out there and, um, you know, you're going to make mistakes. It's just hockey. If no one made mistakes, it'd be zero, zero, knowing that you can come back to the bench and he's not over your ear and, um, yelling at you for your mistake. I think as NHL players, 95% of the time when we make a mistake, we know, we know what the right play was and we know we can do it. It's just, we didn't do it. And it was a split second decision. So I think he has a good, good mix of, of, you know, laying off guys and, and letting them play, but also um, offering their support. Yeah, no, it's a, a great coach. He's uh, definitely have it. And that, and I, I like that resume there. Like a lot of those guys have, is good. And the high note one is really good too, because it, you, you know, you're not too far removed from the situation and it, you, you nailed it, put nailed it right there. It's just, you know, he's a good cop kind of that where a guy that was just very fresh from coming from playing and now, you know, getting into coaching. And it's a good organization. I think what that organization's done, there's some good structure there, uh, you know, and I'm very happy for John Hines to, you know, get the chance that he's getting and, and blossoming the way he is. And you guys are coming on and, you know, I know that second half of the season is going to be a tough one, but you guys are going to plug through pretty quick and pretty good there. Um, we'll talk about Pecorine. Obviously, you touched on earlier in the pod, uh, you know, he's getting his jersey retired. And last time we had John, we talked about him a bit there too, but the importance that he's meant to, you know, to the organization, to hockey, and obviously his his uh, his own country, Finland, where they just won the the gold medal in the Olympics last night. But you know what he's meant for the game and 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 that organization and the fan base you guys have there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wish I could have played a lot longer with Pax, um, but you know, and in the year that we played together, he was the one thing that I think I touched on this on the last pod, but. Um, his work ethic, his, his leadership um, were the first two things and how he treated people almost similar to Boro, like just so nice. He was always involved with the community, uh, involved with kids, um, just such a nice, kind person. So, um, and I mean, most people from the outside as fans know how good he was on the ice and, yeah. and how important he was to this team and, and that sort of thing. So, I mean, he's he's uh definitely a legend here in nashville um and wish he could stay and stay in nashville but i think he's i think he's heading heading back home to finland after this so uh he'll be missed by a lot of the guys he's uh he's definitely a guy in the locker room that is uh somebody you want to be around yeah that's uh yeah it's pretty special you know what he's done and and how he's helped the game out and, and growing it and 
and doing great things on that front. And, you know, yeah, it sucks that you haven't played uh, that the one year with him, but the importance that he's had to the organization, to the fan base, um, you know, it's pretty special to see. Um, you know, shift gears, uh, you know, Roman Yossi's having a hell of a year. Uh, I think 51 points, 48 games, uh, just, a, just a machine back there. Um, you know, what, what does it mean to, you know, have a guy like that? He's one of the, one of the best captains in the league and, you know, great guy to learn from too, and, and add some of the things that he does to your game, which is always good too, to help out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's, uh, he leads by example. And I think, um, from last year to even this year, his, his office leadership has, has grown tremendously. Um, he's a guy that, I mean, has played in every situation um knows how to handle it and I think a lot of us lean on him for that um as well as others so I mean yeah he's he's had having a great year he's he's I mean playing every situation for us and um been doing really well so I mean there's he he's he's an x-factor out there for us he's yeah he's carrying the puck lots he's 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 making plays he's shooting he's and I think a lot of people Obviously, you can see his offensive side of the game, but I mean, this year he's—if you watch him in the D zone and and defending—he defends hard. He hits. He's—he's he's, I think a lot more rounded um, as this like this year um, compared to probably earlier in his career, which is a testament to him. And he's still producing offensively. Yeah. So um, you know, he's—he's he's a great guy. He's—he's he's a great leader for us. And um, yeah, he's been playing awesome. Yeah, no, he definitely has. And uh, UC Soros, you know, it's cool to kind of see, like, in the NHL, you know, you see goaltenders, it's all about size and big. Um, you know, Soros is, uh, to the standard in the NHL isn't the, you know, the, the that mold. But what he's done this year, um, you know, uh, having a hell of a year again, uh, he's meant, how much has he meant to you guys? Obviously, you can talk about it for lengths, but, uh, you know, kind of the cool things that maybe someone doesn't know about him too, the, the competitiveness, uh, what is it like off the ice, uh, you know, certain things like that, or how much more his motivation to being where he is today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last year, um, having Pex and him was, was a cool dynamic. They're both very competitive, but very nice people. Um, and I think Juice is obviously very competitive. Um, but, you know, and I think a lot of his work ethic came from probably Pex being his mentor. And he's a guy in practice that, you know what, a lot of goalies, if you pass it on a two-on-one backdoor, a lot of goalies will just say, oh, like, good, good pass. Like, I'm not going to try to make that save where Juice is that guy sliding across, doing the splits, trying to make that save in practice. And, um I mean, he's, he's a leader for us. He's, he's a guy I, I can speak for it myself. I mean, if, if I'm on a two on one, my thought process is I know Ju I know juice is going to make the save. I just cannot let this puck go through me to the back door because of this, if, if, if they're going to score, it's because it's an open net. So, yeah. I mean, having that confidence in, in him is so huge. And I think he has confidence in us that we're going to be making our plays and, um, I think it's it's a great relationship. He's he's played a lot of games this year and and doesn't complain and works hard and just buries his head and does his thing and we love him for it. So yeah. he's almost a guy in the locker room that's he's so nice that you like feel bad chirping him or making fun of him uh, <laughs> because he's just such a he's such a nice guy. You just want to give him a hug. Yeah. 
that's that's awesome and you get like i think you guys got a great team you know there's a lot of good guys down the lineup you can talk about and matt duchene's one of them he's had a hell of a year uh you know proving people wrong maybe people were kind of down on him but you know what he's done for you guys this year and for and 44 points in 46 games uh the importance of having him you guys got uh, some great depth down the middle but uh you know even uh johansson's really good there too but you know, talk about Duchesne, which he, what he's, how much has he meant to the to that organization? Uh, just, uh, just coming into, uh, I think, what is it? This is his second year or third year with you guys. Uh, third for sure, maybe four. Yeah. I think it's three. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously had a great year um, thus far, and he's shooting the puck really well. But um, you know, he's playing a well-rounded game. I think too. He's he's defending. He's um, protecting pucks down low. He's 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 a big guy. He's he's strong. Um, and you, I mean, you watch him in the corners, he's quick where guys are leaning on him. And then all of a sudden Dutchie will make a spin move and he'll be ahead of the guy going to the net. Um, and I think, I think, I mean, his line mates this year with Forsberg and granny is, has been, has been really good. Granny's, um, more of a, a, more of a passer and Phil's Phil's mainly a shooter, but I think having that threat of, of Dutchie and, and Phil, um, as a shooting threat has, has kind of opened up each other. And, um, I mean, Granny's made a lot of really nice plays to them. So they're, they're getting themselves in, in really good shooting spots and scoring spots. And I mean, there's, there's lots of nights where they might have one or two goals on the line combined where, I mean, it could easily be four or five. So, yeah. um, yeah, they're, they're playing really well for us. Yeah. For sure. No, they are. Um, okay, we'll finish up on you, and then we'll talk about your brother. Uh, you know, the season you've had, uh, are you happy with what's going on with you this year? Um, you know, where's your confidence level at going into the second half of the season? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I've, I've taken a step, not only offensively compared to last year, but um, just, I think, in, in a little bit more of a, leader, a leadership role. Um, like I'm the oldest, oldest player on the right side, D. Um, and I mean, me and Boro have done a really good job, I think on the penalty kill and, and providing the team with, with solid, I mean, shot blocking and, and, um, defending yeah. on the PK. So, I mean, we take a lot of pride in that. Um, and I think kind of at the end of last year, I, I kind of thought that, you know what, maybe I need to work on my puck skills a little bit, um, going into next season. And I think, um, you know, have a good summer and, and working on a lot of them, my skills, I mean, breaking up pucks, just making those little quick plays is, has paid off. So, um, I mean, for me, I'm, I try, try to play the same way all the time. It's, it's, I'm not going to be out there doing, doing Romans, Romans things, but, yeah. um, you know, it's sim- simple with me. And I think simple, hard and competitive is, is kind of like my, my three things that I, that I try to do. So, um, I, I've been, I've been happy with the season and you know what, just with COVID and, and some injuries, I've had had the chance to play up in the lineup and thought that I, I, I did well. So yeah. um, I think my minutes this year are a little bit higher too. Than yeah, last year. No, I think you're, yeah, you're almost pushing to 17. So, uh, you know, and that's, I, I've watched you a lot, obviously in Edmonton and then uh, getting to just to know you here through the, this year. And, you know, and last year too, I think, you know, you're underrated in the offensive side. I don't, in my opinion, I think, uh, you know, you, you have a lot to offer and, you know, at, at times with, you know, the way back ends are kind of utilized and you got the uh, Matias Ekholm there too. So you guys got a, a really good decor and we talked about earlier how 
it would be great to see you on the power play, but you know, throughout the year, you've been move, been able to move up in the lineup. There's some games you're playing with the OC too that I've seen, and you know, I think that's just good for the confidence and helping you out. You know, gaining, and you're 27 years old. There's a lot of years left in your career. You know, and just pushing that that 400 game mark, uh, getting to that point, and you know how much that means. And a lot of times, like Dale Talent said, you don't really know what you have in a defenseman until maybe they hit that 300 game game mark. And you're a very established NHL player, and I think what you've done this year too, utilizing your leadership skills too. And I watch your games, you know, coming down, this guy's coming down, you're pointing, helping guys out, directing guys where they need to kind of go. And I think that's kind of cool that I, you see defensemen do that because they're very aware of their surroundings. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, we'll finish up on your brother, uh, Michael. He's having a hell of a year at the University of Denver. Um, you know, how many, how many games do you watch? I know sometimes it's tough with your schedule, but, you know, I've seen sometimes on Instagram you're, you're checking out some games online there. But, you know, the year he's having and how much of a help do you uh, – how much does he lean on you for the help uh, through his career right now? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think he's – He's doing a good job. He's much a much different player than I was uh, in college, and um, I mean he's he's scoring lots, doing well offensively. And I think um, just from the games that I've watched, he's he's been a lot more committed on the defensive side of the puck, which is a good thing. Especially, I mean, in the future, he's probably going to turn pro. Um, so, I mean, when when you turn pro, you have to defend no matter how good you are. So. I mean, I think for him that that defensive side of the game has been good. Um, their team is good. They're playing a lot of really good teams in their in their division. And um, I mean, college hockey's tough. It's really fast. I mean, guys are very physical. He's a smaller guy. Um, he can scoot out there, but um, he's very headsy, um, which I think will trans translate to um, to the NHL or or pro hockey uh, very well. He's he knows where everyone's at. So. Um, He's, he's, he's a guy that, I mean, you watch him play and, and all of a sudden he's a demon and he's on a breakaway or he's on a two-on-one. And I was like, I, I mean, in my head, I'm thinking there's no way you'd find me up there on a two-on-one, but I mean, that's what makes him good and, and he's scoring and he's having a great year. Yeah, no, he definitely is. Uh, it's good to see another, you know, another good uh, kid from Alberta, from Edmonton, uh, you know, going to shine in that uh in that aspect and have a great career too uh you know uh before we let you go there we always we did we didn't do this last time with you but we always do it and it's easier to do it if you're a retired player but we have this <laughs> segment called drill killers so throughout your career if you don't you don't want to you don't have to but uh is there any kind of drill killers you've had in your career you know from uh i guess even back to junior to the nhl um if you if you have any at all <laughs> so yeah i mean Jeez, in Edmonton, I used to be like I used to be the drill killer, and uh, guys on the team would probably throw me under the bus. And when we had Todd McClellan, he'd yell at me all the time for screwing up the drill. But um, you know, and I'm sorry, yeah. uh, Yakov Trennan, but uh, I think half the time he's, he just doesn't understand what the coach is saying. Yeah, um, and he always goes first in the drill, and and uh, you know, at a lot of the times he's he's doing it wrong, but. Uh, I mean, I, it gets a good laugh from the guys and, and the coaching staff as well. So he loves being first. He loves going first. And I'd say sometimes he doesn't know what he's doing. But the good thing about that is uh, now part of the season is that a lot of the drills that we're doing now, we've done for the last four or five months. So if he doesn't get them by now, then then I think he's in trouble. <laughs> exactly. He's going to get that trophy at the end of the day So for the yeah. drill killers. So. 
All right. Well, we appreciate you coming back on with us. It means a lot to catch up with you halfway through the year. We wish you the best, uh, you know, second half of the year and, and uh, continued success. Uh, it's been great watching you and we really appreciate you uh, being a part of our podcast and helping us out and, you know, growing, growing uh, the game and, and understanding the game and having a, you know, a good kind of chat back and forth. So it means a lot to us. Well, I appreciate for, uh, for your time and for having me and, uh, hopefully get some of my teammates on here soon yeah yeah we'll see we'll see maybe there's a time where you guys are on the road and we can just throw out the pot throw the pot and just guys in the room would just shoot the shit or something like that so yeah whatever absolutely uh, means a lot so thanks for everything and uh yeah cheers to you for the rest of the season and it's gonna be sweet looking at that outdoor game so have fun there absolutely thank you thanks